Hey guys, this is Mindcast with your host, Kevin Seaman, where we talk about what's going on in your head. Hi, this is your host of Mindcast, Kevin Seaman. In this episode, I will show you ways to manage your emotion of fear in an instant. Do you think that would be a valuable skill? You better believe it is. Oh, I'm not going to teach you how to ignore your fear. Just manage how you are impacted by this emotion. I'll also give you some solid tools to do that. Stay with me, and I'll explain more. First, let me be very clear. All emotions are a signal to your brain. They're really no bad emotions, just ones that feel better than others. Positive emotions are a signal that what you are experiencing is what you want more of, whereas negative emotions are a signal that something must change. If you can't change the event or condition, maybe you need to change what it means to you and how it makes you feel. This is a form of empowerment. It gives you back the control over how you were impacted. Now, let me be perfectly clear about something else. I'm not saying to do something dangerous or life-threatening because the fear isn't real. The signal of fear is a warning that your conscious mind is telling you that there is a risk. Fear is a signal. Risk is the degree as to just how our fear of something could potentially impact us. So use judgment and understand the difference between risk and reward. Here's an example. I'm not wild about needles and injections, but I understand that I need my blood drawn to assess and maintain my health, which is one of my greatest forms of wealth. So I feel the fear and do it anyway. The fear comes from being sick when I was very young and getting stuck with needles frequently when I was in a vulnerable state. This has created a powerful association for me in regard to needles, but I understand the risk versus reward so I feel the fear and do it anyway. I also have a great respect for my life, so I wouldn't do something illogically dangerous like rock climbing on a rock face that is beyond my skill level, with no safety equipment, thinking that the fear isn't real. Like my dad used to say, it's good to be brave, but don't be stupid. Use your head. Okay, remember my previous mindcast when I said, there are only three things that you have control over? What you say to yourself and others, the pictures and movies of things you make in your head, and your actions. Well, what you say to yourself and what you do, your actions, control how you will feel emotionally about that event. Although there are many emotions we experience, there are only really two places they come from. All emotions are either based from love or fear. What about anger? That is a fear-based emotion. Anger is based on our frustration that we are powerless to solve a problem at any given moment in time. How about envy? That's also a fear-based emotion, based on our perceived belief that someone is superior to us. Jealousy? Yep. Fear-based on what we don't have that someone else does. Fear-based emotions are created by a perception of loss. The thought that we may be hurt, abused, stolen from, mistreated, etc. is based on a fear of loss of some kind. What about hate? Once again, a fear that a thing, event, or person may create some type of loss for us 
is what triggers the emotion of hate. Bottom line, if it isn't love, it's fear. Several years ago, I did a talk, uh, one of many, for at-risk teens. I donated my time and the teens were required to attend as part of their probation status. When I walked into the room, the teens all looked me up and down. Some rolled their eyes, some slouched. But one kid, one very large, mature-looking young adult, gave me a stare down. When I smiled, he just glared at me. I introduced myself, and then I went around the room asking the teens to introduce themselves to me. Most of them didn't want to, but they conceded. When I got to the alpha teen, he just hissed at me, shaking his head. I asked him again what his name was, and I looked him right in the eyes. He looked away, and he said, she, what's it even matter? I don't give a damn who you are, and you really don't give a damn about us. You just here because they paid you to talk to us poor delinquents. I had a huge smile on my face and I said, huh, no one paid me, but I have a question for you. Why are you so afraid of me? He got even angrier and he laughed. What? What the F are you talking about, man? I ain't afraid of nobody. I smiled and replied, really? Because I can feel the fear permeating in this room. And most of it's coming from you. You're so filled with fear, I can smell it. His voice raised a couple of notches. I ain't afraid of nothing. You don't know nothing about me. I grinned. Isn't that the point? I'm asking you who you are. If you're not afraid of me, why don't you ask me? Why don't you look me in the eye? He stood up, posturing in a typical alpha style, attempting to make me believe his conjured dominance. I held my hand out in friendship, looked unthreateningly in his eyes, and confidently said, I'm Kevin Seaman. I'm really happy to meet you. Some of the other teens in the room laughed and went, oh, jeering at me. He slapped my hand away and swung wildly at my head. I ducked under and took his back, spun him around, gently sat him back in his seat. And I looked at him and I said calmly, let's try this again. I continued to look in his eyes. I put my hand out and I said, Kevin Seaman, happy to meet you, Kyle gesturing with my other hand. You are Kyle, correct? That stopped him dead in his tracks. This is a technique I use called a pattern interrupt. When I want to change the way someone is feeling or acting, I will do something to change the emotional pattern they're running in their head by saying or doing something unexpected. See, I had a list of all the teen's names and was already warned about Kyle and his obstinate character. As I extended my hand, he looked at me, looked at my hand, and begrudgingly Kyle, not his real name, put his hand out, grasping mine firmly. Thank you, Kyle, I smiled. Then I began my talk, which was about how I have met and worked with people from all walks of life, some with very little resources, and how some of the most amazing athletes I've trained in the martial arts were the ones with the least resources. Then I talked about other people like Walter Payton, one of the most incredible football players in the NFL history, and how he grew up poor, and how he ran up the hill in sand at the riverbed until he was exhausted. Then he would go back down and start again. He'd do this over and over. How I heard a story about how Walter Payton used to train by himself in a landfill in Illinois. How he never gave up 
how this helped him to become one of the most difficult players to tackle and take down in the NFL. I told him about Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest boxers in the world. He was from a poor family and how he was the first person to walk in the boxing gym and one of the last to leave when he was an amateur. I pointed out how Michael Jordan was cut from his basketball team in high school, yet he went on to become the greatest of all time in NBA history. How it didn't matter where you came from. What mattered was where you were going. I went on about what all these guys had that others didn't. What made them different was that they believed in themselves, that they had no fear, because they had decided that it was all up to them, and that actually gave them power. I also pointed out that fear could be disguised as hate, anger, greed, jealousy, and many other toxic emotions. I explained how holding on to those toxic emotions will eventually make the person toxic as well. I actually got some of the teens to interact. Uh, after the talk, everyone got up and a couple kids thanked me and Kyle sat in his chair. I said, what are you thinking? One of my favorite things to ask people. He said he was sorry for what he had said and that I was pretty cool. He said he was going through a lot right now and things weren't really great at home. Then he asked me, are you some kind of karate expert or something? I smiled and I told him I owned a gym. If he ever wanted to come by, he said, man, I can't afford no karate lessons. I live with my ma and we ain't got much. My dad left us. I told him, I don't do karate, but if you want to come by, I'll show you what I do. That's why you weren't afraid of me, huh? Kyle said and actually grinned. Nope. It was because your actions were expressing a call for help. That was what I meant about fear. I told Kyle the reason I started training in martial arts and boxing was because when I was a kid, I was bullied and beat up by a gang of kids that targeted me for some reason. I told Kyle how I didn't want to go to school anymore because of the fear of what would happen to me. I didn't want to tell anyone because I thought it would mean I was weak. I didn't know how to confront my fear and started getting in trouble as a defensive mechanism and a cry for help. I explained further, you see, Kyle, I was 16 and I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I decided I would never, ever let anybody do this to me ever again. That's when I started training. I paid for it with my own money that I worked hard for. I just knew that I had to confront my fears. The reason I came here today was when I was a kid, I was always in trouble. I got arrested, was on probation, and because of someone I met, I changed my direction in life. So because of that, I help others to understand why they may feel the way they do and why they do the things that get them in trouble. Kyle showed up at my gym one night and watched a class. I told him if he wanted to talk, the best time would be during the day when I was doing paperwork and to just look for my truck parked in front. Kyle came by my gym a few times. He never trained with me, but we would talk and he told me he learned a lot and he thought a lot about what I said and he said that it changed the way he thought about bravery. One day he came by and he was smiling ear to ear. He told me he'd gotten a job and how it would help he and his mom get by. I ran into Kyle several years later, and he was with his wife and son. He recognized me immediately. He walked up to me, he held his hand out, and he said, Hi, I'm Kyle. I'm very happy to meet you. Your words are very powerful. 
But communication is not just about using words. There was a study at the University of California at Santa Barbara that discovered something very interesting. Words only make up 7% of our communication with others. 38% is tone, inflection, and volume of what's spoken. Guess what makes up the other 55%? Your physiology and body language make up most of your communication. By the way, this pertains to how we communicate with ourselves internally and others externally. Yep, most of what we communicate comes from our gestures, posture, eye focus, and animation. If you're a parent, you know this by watching your kids. We're going to take a short break to tell you about one of the best products I've ever used for pain management. And when I come back, I'll give you some solid tools to help you manage your emotions more effectively and some strategies to improve your outcome exponentially in your life. I'd like to take a brief moment to thank our sponsor of this episode of Mindcast, Dolorex. This is a product that works, guys. I've tried a lot of pain management products over the years, and I personally use Dolorex, CBD cream, and the roll-on. As a coach and a very physical athlete, I've had outstanding results with these topical creams. I give them to my staff and clients who have equally exceptional results. I also have great results with the powdered CBD drink, especially as a compound factor for injury and related pain. In addition to pain management, it gives me a feeling of well-being, calm, and relaxation. It helps me fall asleep more quickly at night, and I wake up refreshed and ready for the next day. Dolour is a French word for pain, and Rx is a Latin term for recipe. Well, let me tell you, this is the best recipe for pain I have ever used. Dolorex Proprietary Topical Pain Management Cream combines scientifically proven analgesic ingredients infused with an advanced proprietary nano CBD hemp oil that penetrates deeply and quickly into the skin to manage pain at the source. The fine folks at Dolorex back their entire line of quality products with a 100% money-back guarantee within 30 days of delivery. That's D-O-U-L-E-U-R-X. Use the product code MINDCAST to receive a 20% discount on your order. Check them out at Dolorex.com. All right, we're back. Remember what I said before about the three things we have control over? What we say to others and ourselves can change an emotional state instantly. Remember also when I told you about Kyle. I used my physiology and my words in conjunction with my tone of voice to change his emotional state. I didn't react to Kyle's attitude. Instead, I interacted with him to change his state. What we say and how we say it has remarkable power subconsciously in our determination and perception of the events in our life. Many people value success, but they also want to avoid feelings of failure or feeling like a failure. The problem comes when a person's fear or avoidance of failing prevents them from taking action and trying or going through the necessary repetition of trial and error that it takes to master something. You'll never get where you want to be by focusing on what you fear. You must focus on what you value rather than on what you want to avoid. 
One of my favorite coaches once told me, Kevin, your mind can only focus on one thought at a time. It can switch back and forth, but ultimately, you can't think of two things simultaneously. You're either smart or stupid, strong or weak, successful or a failure. In your mind, it's either this or that. You can't hold more than one thought at a time. At any moment in time, you're either this or that, not both at the same time. So choose wisely which one thought you want to hold on to. All external events are inherently neutral until you respond mentally and assign an emotional context to them. Almost 90% of all fears are imaginary, and you and your own thoughts and visualizations cause most of the harm in your head. They're a product of your mind and don't exist in reality. You get what you ask for. Be aware of your internal dialogue. Strive to talk to yourself constantly about what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and when you will do it. Be specific. Always tell yourself what you want in positive, personal, and present tense terms. When you start to feel fear, interrupt your pattern by changing the dialogue in your head. Use terms like, I got this. I'm doing this. Each day I'm stronger. Each day I'm better and better. Today, I'm the best I can be. I'm better today than ever before. When I'm on edge about something, or I'm going to try something that may be out of my comfort zone, I use the term, this is going to be fun. These statements confirm what you want in positive terms now. To multiply this, stand in a way that you would if you were absolutely confident. This will integrate your physiology into your words, compounding your effect. Avoid terms that have the word no in them. When you say things like, I'm not afraid, I fear no one, or no fear, your mind focuses on the word fear. A better approach is, I've got this. I succeed. Let's do this. I am the best. Because it tells you what you will accomplish and directs your subconscious to fulfill exactly that. And even if you aren't the best, it doesn't matter because your subconscious will instill that in your mental approach each time you state this, and your confidence will grow. Just like strength and endurance training, your mental muscles will get stronger the more you work them. So establish a clear, substantial belief of who you are and your objectives. Focus only on what you want, never on what you don't want. Always remember, you become what you think about most of the time. What happens on the inside happens on the outside. Remember, according to research, you already talk to yourself nearly 50,000 times a day. Unfortunately, research also shows that 80% of what most people say to themselves usually is in the form of negative self-talk. Hey, I don't make this stuff up, guys, so be positive. The most successful people I know focus on their goals and where they want to be. The most troubled people I know focus on their problems and their fears. They worry about money. They hate and think about their job. Think constantly about the problems in their life. They literally focus on what they don't like or want. That is why they're so unhappy, because they reinforce what they don't want. Now, here's something that will absolutely change your life for the better. 
work to constantly improve your explanatory style, the way you communicate with yourself, and the way you mentally process the things that happen to you. Your thoughts, self-talk, and inner visions or visualizations are electrochemical events that affect your performance on every level. They actually program you for what you want. So be mindful and use your inner communication to support and drive you toward your accomplishment. I've done this prior to competition, before important meetings, during business proposals, and any time I want to perform better. And I've had outstanding results time and time again. You are literally programming your conscious mind to succeed, or at the very least, ramp up your personal performance. So here's the challenge. Over the next week or so, be conscious of what you say to yourself and what you focus on. When that feeling of fear creeps in, disguised as anger, envy, jealousy, or other fear-based emotions, change your state by interrupting that pattern and focus on what you really want, what you're really worthy of. I have a favor to ask of my listeners. If you enjoyed this Mindcast and feel someone you know would benefit, please share it. I write and produce these shows for you, the listener, and it is you who are my greatest supporters. So, thank you. If you'd like to contact me, you can do so at Kevin at TheWinningMindset.com. Thank you also to my sponsors of Mindcast, Dolorex. Look for the green and white box for all your pain management needs. Until next time, this is Kevin Seaman, and this is Mindcast.